And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. On today's show, I have Robert on the show with me. Now, Robert was on the show with me in March of 2022, and a lot has happened in that time frame. But let me tell you a little bit about Robert and, and why I have Robert on the show. First of all, I want you to know he is a professional appraiser. That means his line of work, what he does for a living, is he goes out and he determines valuations on properties. He does it in the single family space. He does it in the multifamily space. He knows a lot about property, but here was the problem. Robert didn't know about real estate investing. And in 2016, he came to Lifestyles Unlimited looking for some information on how to do this, but he had a problem in 2016. He didn't have any money to invest. So he went onto the sidelines, but he stayed on the sidelines and he stayed focused because around 2017, 2018, sometime in that time frame, he got serious. He got a hold of some money and he and I actually had a conversation back in the day. And he said, look, Al, I've got about 60,000 bucks. What should I do? Should I do single family or should I do multifamily? Family. You know, what my answer was, well, Robert, you could go either way. I mean, you're, you, you have enough money. You, you could do the multifamily route. You definitely have enough money to do the single family route. You have to make up your mind. And you know what Robert did? He made up his mind. He decided to go into the single family investment lane and he has crushed it. He has done a phenomenal job. He has managed to retire himself. You heard me correctly. He is real estate retired. But here's the thing about Robert. He might be retired but he's not dead. He's not dead. He is actively investing right now. He enjoys working because working gives him a purpose. It gives him something to do. Otherwise he would just be bored. And ironically, he's on a tear right now. He is, he is up to 14 single family properties. He's getting ready to divest some of the properties in the portfolio. And you know, what he's going to do with the money. He's not going to buy boats and jet skis. He's going to go out and buy even more real estate. This is amazing. So what we're going to do is we're going to catch up with Robert. We're going to get back into his story. And more importantly, we're going to get into his mind because I want you to get the information that he has developed because it's going to help you in your real estate investing journey. So with no further ado, let me bring Robert onto the show. Robert, welcome back. How you doing today? I'm doing great. Um, it's it's beautiful day. It's going to be hotter than heck, but it's it's a great day. Well, it is it is summer in the, the beautiful state of Texas, so I guess we have to <laughs> oh, deal yeah. with that, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So in, in 2016, when you came to Lifestyles Unlimited the first time, and, and we kind of just told you you need to have some money to invest, did that feel like a gut punch to you? Uh, yeah, it was – you know, I came in, and I, I went and I went to the two-day, and – you know, I looked at, uh, which was uh, the, the the adage is always drinking from a fire hose, and it really was. Uh, and, and for some parts of it, others were just, I, I know this, you know, I know values that I don't need to talk about, I don't need to listen to that necessarily. But it was if I had paid attention and had structured my my financial life differently, you know, I could jump in now. There were just phenomenal things happening in the real in real estate in San Antonio and in Texas at that time. And, you know, I was busier than heck in my day job, 
but um, I wouldn't have had to be if I had structured things a little bit differently. So yeah, it was a it was it was a humbling experience. But it it didn't it didn't crush your dreams. You you got oh, no, because, Yeah, because you you were putting money aside, right? Well, at that point in time, I had two kids in college, and we were paying for them out of cash flow. Oh, not out they, of college. Account. They were spending so all your money. They were spending. I mean, you know, they were they were both of my kids are very frugal. They're very good about that. But it was college, even state college ain't cheap. And uh, that's what I was going through. You know, they got out and all of a sudden there's a lot more cash available. And that's when I stepped into it. That's when now I've got some money. I can go in and I can do this thing. So what in your mind caused you to take the single family route over the multifamily route? Uh, you know, as an appraiser, you know, I grew up on the commercial appraisal side, and it was, hey, I'm never going to have half a million dollars. You know, with you know, I got family, I got kids, I got college. I'm never going to have a half million dollars just sitting around that I can go put into a deal. Single family to me filled two conditions that I had. Number one, it was a bite size investment. You know, it's it's a smaller pool of money that you need to do it. Um, the second part was as an appraiser and doing single family, uh, as an appraiser, I want to see it. I want to touch it, feel it, you know, smell it and, and, and know this, this is the property. I want to kick those tires myself. And in multifamily as a, a limited partner or passive investor, while I, you know, lifestyles offers the opportunity, yeah, go out and take a look at it when they're looking at the property. I couldn't do that. It was not my decision and anything that, that had to be done. And so I wanted to be, if I'm going to, if I'm going to be successful, I want it to be me being successful, that it's on me. And uh, so that's, those are the reasons I went to single family and it, it's worked out really well for me. Can, can you explain to the audience what dead equity is and why it is detrimental to your investing goals and strategies? Well, one of the pro- dead equity is the equity that is exists in an investment that you have that could be put to a better use that would give you a greater return on it than what you're getting in the investment it is in. Uh, another way to say it is, hey, if I take my money out of this one and I put it over here, I can make more money than uh, I'm making now. Uh, easy one that a lot of people might think is in your checking account, you don't get any interest, but if you put it in a savings account, you get two or three. Well, it, it, it's the same concept. Hey, if I put it over here, it might be a little less ability to do something with it, but I'm making more money. And, and so that's how that concept of debt equity works. Let's pull it out of where it's not making much and put it where it can make more. When you described you were making like a 17% rate of return, and then when you factored in your equity, it dropped down to what, 7 or 8%, was that because you were, you were accumulating equity in the property and the power of that money to return great returns for you is diminished? Yeah, the first, I don't want to, we can go down a whole rabbit hole with taxation and 1031, and we can get lost there. But the, the the distinction is, at first, you are capturing some equity because, hey, you put $20,000 in the property, you did some work, now the value's gone up over and above what you put in it. That's some captured equity that becomes debt equity after you've had it for a sufficient time where you could pull it out. 
And once you get to that point, you could pull it out. It You should consider it debt equity. Pull it out, pull the other out, and go do it all over again. And it's a, it, it's a geometric progression if you do it right. Uh, the problem is too many of us get complacent and say, hey, you know, we're making decent money. I got good cash flow. And we forget that, hey, we're making 7% on our money, but if we cycle everything through again now, you're making 60%, 80%, 100% on an annual basis on your money, and we just get – you get too wrapped up in I'm making $200 a month or I'm making $400 a month. Great. You made $5,000 a year. If you did the whole thing again and used that money appropriately, instead of 5000 at the end of the year, you'd have twenty or 30000 off of that $5,000. That's a great point because I, most, most people don't understand that real estate is actually paying you multiple ways. You get the cash flow, you get the cash component, and then you get all the equity builds. And what you're talking about is, is you're living off the cash flow, but the equity keeps increasing, and your rate of return because of that equity increasing is diminishing the power of your money. So it makes sense to you to pull that money out or sell the asset, get all your money back, and then go buy two or three to replace it, right? Correct. And you're actually in the process of doing this right now, are you not? Yes, actually, I've got one house under contract to sell. I've got another one that I talked to the uh, agent yesterday and told him to list it. So, yeah, I'm, I, I bought three properties in the past two, about two months. The most recent one I closed yesterday, and when we get off the phone, i got to wire the funds for that closing. Uh, and then uh, I've got the two I'm selling, and, and I'm just going to walk through and, and sell everything and cycle all that money and do it again. Now, aren't you worried about your cash flow just disappearing if you do all of that? No, because if you think about it, when I sell one, yes, I lost the cash flow of that. But if, if you go back to the example we used a minute ago, I sell one by two. Well, everybody's worried, well, interest rates are a lot higher. That's fine. You know, fine. I may be selling something at four and buying at a, at a six and a half percent interest rate, but I went from one to two. And so the cash flow actually goes up as well as the opportunity to have appreciation on two properties and, and all the other components that you can make money off of these things on. So it does make sense, even at that higher rate, obviously you got to find the right property, the right investment. It makes sense to do it over and over again. Well, how difficult is it for you to find these replacement properties? The problem that I have is I don't have enough time to go through all of the opportunities that I have. I, it, while it varies from week to week, I typically see stuff that I'd be willing to invest in based on the initial numbers, five to 10 deals a week. Uh, and that's in the San Antonio. And I'm only looking San Antonio. I've just started looking in the Houston market also. And there's some great opportunities out there. It's, you know, there's only just so much time in the day. No, I get that. I I have the same problem, although my time is a little bit freer because I've, I've chosen not to work as much as you do. But again, that's a choice. And you've made the choice to continue working. Can you, can you explain to me why you're doing that, even though you're real estate retired? I don't know how to not work. That's fair. I mean, I, I, I started working when I was, I mean, it started working for pay when I was 12 years old. And then from then on, every summer, I worked. Uh, and then, you know, hit college. I worked, my, I worked while I was in high school, you know, nights and weekends. I did the same thing while I was in college. I don't know how to not work. I don't know how to sit down. I go on vacation. After two days, I'm freaking out. I, just, I, can't, I don't know how to do it. 
Um, so that's and and the investment, quite frankly, buying houses and all that, it's a hobby for me. I love it. It's fun. Um, I get to analyze. I get to play with the numbers. I get to go look at the deals. I get to go talk to people. It's a lot of fun. It's my hobby. I, I can tell that there's a big smile on your face right now. I can just hear it through your voice. Yeah, it's it, it yeah it is it is fun for me. I really enjoy it. So so moving from the the analysis side to the owner side has been an enjoyable experience for you. Is that a fair statement? Oh yeah, no, it's it's been great. It, it's interesting. The uh, you know, everybody talks about oh it takes so much time and it's terrible. And I don't spend you know, with all the properties I have. I probably spend 20 hours of my time in the acquisition and renovation phase of it. Then I spend on all of my properties, I'm going to guess high in, say, four or five hours a month. A month? A month. It's from the management side. There's just there, it, there's nothing to do. I mean, you know, something breaks, I, you know, they send me a text. I'll call them or text them back. Okay, want to make sure I understand this. I'll call the plumber. I'll call the electrician. I'll, you know, it's 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 that kind of thing, and um, it's very it, it it takes no time. So you've so chosen to self manage all these properties. I I have one that I do not manage. It's actually the very first property I bought. When I bought it, it had tenants in there that had been there at that time for ten years, uh, and they do not speak English very well, and I do not speak Spanish very well. And I just, I, I felt it was very inappropriate for me to, if you will, make them talk to me through their middle school son because he speaks perfect English and Spanish. It was, it, my mind was disrespectful. I wasn't going to do that. I pay a management company because they have people on staff that, that uh, speak Spanish. And But aside from that, yeah, I self-manage everything. Well, that's a pretty cool thing. I'll tell you what, Robert, I want to get back into your head, but we're going to commercial break. But when we come back... I'm going to find out what your price points are at. I'm sure the audience wants to know. Stick around. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. The rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Not because that's the way it's set up but because of the knowledge. When put into action, knowledge is power. At Lifestyles Unlimited, we empower you to live the lifestyle of your dreams through passive real estate income. For over 30 years, our successful members have shared their knowledge through case studies, classes, and mentoring. Tap into that knowledge, attend a free workshop online. Register now at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the second half of the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. My name is Al Gordon. I'm joined by Robert, and together we're working on your financial freedom. So, Robert, let's let's get into this discussion of price points, shall we? What I'm really curious to find out is what do you look for in an ARV for a property? I guess we ought to explain what an ARV is first. So an, an ARV is the after repaired value of a property. In other words, what it would be worth if it was all fixed up like all the other fixed up properties in the neighborhood. Is that a correct 
definition, Mr. Appraiser? Yes, sir. Yes, okay, sir. good. Yeah. I got one right. There you I go. Need, I, I need to notify my eighth grade uh, English teacher that I actually did something right. Let me put the note down. Okay, we're good. <laughs> All right. So let me get back into the show here. So, Robert, when you're looking for ARVs, what are you looking for in the marketplace? Is there a range? Is there a specific price point? Exactly what do you look for in the marketplace? My, I'm not going to call it a hard price point because there is some variance, but I try to end up with an ARV that's under $250,000. And, and that I've got several reasons for that price point. Um, one is they can't really build houses for less than that anymore, so I'm not going to have more competition. Two, uh, the higher value you go on a house the more the relationship between what the rent that that house can achieve and its value deviate from each other. So while I can buy a house and let's say it's an ARV of $200,000 and and make $300 a month on, on, on it. When I get out and try to do on a $300,000 house, I may only make a hundred dollars a month because people aren't, there's more people at that lower level. Um, so those are the, that's the logic behind it for me. Um, I can't. I'm not having new competition coming in. It's a higher. It's a better relationship between rent and value. That makes total sense to me. So is there a, an equity dollar you're trying to capture when you when you're buying these properties? When I go in and look at a property, I want to capture. If if you're talking in gross dollars, I want to capture at least. $20,000. But the other way to look at it is for every dollar I put in, I want to capture at least that much equity. So in other words, if I, I doubled my money the day I close uh, is what I'm, is the way I try to do it. Okay. So your, your strategy is you want, you want a one for one match for every dollar you invest in the property. If you capture more equity, that's okay. But if it's less equity, you would steer away from that property? Yeah. I, I I never go in wanting less than that. Now, I will tell you, occasionally I do end up less than that because you're going in on the renovation and had one recently. We opened up a wall like, oh, we got a problem here. We didn't know. Fine. You know, it t- took a couple extra thousand dollars to fix. And so all of a sudden I'm not at 100 percent. I'm at 90 percent. Fine. You know, these things happen. But if I go in at that much capture, even when there is a problem, I'm still good. Now, do you ever have an instance where you go in and you capture way more equity than you thought you were going to capture? Yeah. The yes, I mean the the wow, the best deal I ever did had at the end of the day it was less than ten thousand. Uh, might have been less than five, but it was less than ten thousand dollars. And uh, you know, I walked away when I sold it with fifty thousand at the closing table. So yeah, that was that was a home run. So really you, a grand slam. Okay, so the audience is sitting there going, wait a minute, I think they just t- he just told us that uh, he put $5,000 into a property, he sold it a little while later, and he like got a tenfold return. Is that what you're telling the audience? Yes, that is correct. And, and how often does a deal like that show up? I mean, realistically, is it every day, once a blue moon, somewhere in between? Um, you know, I, oh, I, that, that kind of relationship, I think I've had... Three, I'd have to go back and look. Three or four that I've done better than three hundred percent. I think that's a pretty good average. I mean, if if you 
own 14 properties and about three or four of those have been like tripling effects, I think you're doing really good. I'd, I'd say those things, they tend to show up a little bit more frequently than I'm giving them credit for. Yeah, they're, they're out there. It's just a matter of, of you know, finding the right deal. The, the biggest problem that I have is that when I find a property that is a good deal, um, I'll buy it and or put it under contract, and a week or two later, a better deal shows up. And now, I, and, and I'm, I'm already in this one, so I can't go to that one. Um, so it, it, it's a great problem to have, but it's still a problem. So yeah, there are, there are deals out there. It's just a matter of keeping your eyes open, looking around, talking to the right people, having the right, uh, you know, the right people on your side helping you. And, um, you know, that's a big, big part of it because I don't have the time. I and mean, that, that was one of the reasons I joined Lifestyles. I don't have the time to bird dog all the deals. Is there a minimum threshold that you set for your cash flow? It, yeah, I'm, I'm still very much equity driven because I don't have a need for the, the, um, the cash flow because, like we talked about, I don't know how to not work. Um, and so my minimum deal is about $200. Uh, if you look at what I've got right now, the worst is I think like two hundred five, and the best is nine hundred and fifty. Wow, I, th- I think the one thrown off nine fifty might have an equity problem. Uh, yeah, but I can't sell it yet. It was a duplex I bought for one hundred and ninety. Um, the loan, uh, I, I got a little creative on the loan. That's on me, not on not on lifestyles. But uh, it's got a lockout period or prepayment per- period, prepayment penalty. If I pay it off early, it'll cost me about five thousand, six thousand dollars to pay the loan off early. But it's bought it for one ninety, and it's probably about two seventy five, three hundred on the value now. Wow! Um, I got a, I got a good deal, and it's gone up a lot. Now, did you buy that when the interest rates were still really low, too? That is my highest interest rate. I'm paying 7% on that money. 7%? You know, Robert, the interest rates are, like, really high right now. How can you buy property at 7%? Well, you just find the right deal. I mean, that's that's going back to they're out there. You just need to understand the numbers and have the right people uh, looking for you and, and you know find people you can trust. I mean, there's plenty so, of deals out there that are terrible, because they're from the wrong people and they, you know, they're not going to steer you right, but you get the right people, you're good. Yeah, because anything can come on the market, but it's up to you to qualify it, correct? Exactly. Who do you have on your team? I mean, who are your top one, two, or three people that are your go-to people that you have to have on your team, or otherwise your team just doesn't function? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a couple of good agents that that you know will find you those properties and and know what you're looking for i mean they, there's plenty of deals that they're going to come across they know they aren't for me they don't bother me with or i mean they'll send me the deal because i've called them saying i'm desperately looking for something I've, I've got money burning a hole in my pocket and they'll send me a deal and say i know this isn't for you but here it is and they're right it's not for me and, and they wasted their time sending it to me but they're you know, just trying to make sure that i understand they're still looking. So, you know, a couple of good agents, a uh, couple of good lenders, good contractor. And, you know, that's that's what I need. A good inspector, um, because the inspector really tells you what you're going to find in that property. And um, if, if you've got somebody that knows what they're doing, can go through it, knows how to 
look at deals for an investor. I mean, the, the guy I use is actually a member of Lifestyles even. And he knows what I'm looking for. He knows what matters and what doesn't matter. And if I say, I'm going to replace the air conditioner, don't bother. You know, he knows, don't waste his time. So what does the ultimate lifestyle look like for you? What What are you building towards? Um, sitting on the front porch, watching the ocean waves, and reading a book. When, when, when do you think that's going to happen? What's, what's your timeline look like? Um, I think in the next two to three years. Now, you're, you're thinking about becoming a lead investor, right? Yeah. Actually, I'm going through all of the classes and everything else that uh, I've got to do to do that right now. Um, my biggest problem is you know, my day job. I, I have a problem telling clients, no, I, I don't have time for your, your assignment. So it's taking me longer than I want to get through all of that. But yes, that is my plan. I'm, my, my plan is to finish everything I need to finish by the end of the year so I can really be stepping into that next year. You really buy into the concept of helping other people, don't you? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's one of the reasons I really decided I needed to get into and start investing on my own is I sat down and looked at the number of times over my career where I'd have a client come to me and say, hey, um, you know, we're going to do this deal. And I'm like, no, tweak this, tweak that. And all of a sudden, you've added another couple million dollars to the value. And they're like, oh, that's great. Can you appraise it that way? And I would do it, and they'd do the deal, and I'd get my you know, five, $6,000 appraisal fee and go on down the road. And I finally said, you know, I can do this. I know how to do it. I know what needs to be done. I need to do it for myself. And so that's the process I've been going through. You know, we talked about how I went single-family versus multifamily. Going single-family, I wanted to learn everything I could possibly learn about that and then step up to the next level. And, um, you know, I, I've, I've learned what I'm good at. I've learned what I'm bad at. Uh, and what I'm bad at, I, I work on getting better at. So are you selling these these houses so that you can accumulate cash, so that you can get into that first multifamily deal as a lead? Yeah, it's, it's, it really is a situation where I'm, I'm going th- I'm gonna burn through everything, take about half of that money, and that'll let me go to the size of a, develop, a deal I want for a lead, take the other half, roll it again, so I'll be able to double it again in a, in a year or two. And then when I'm ready to do the second one, I've got even more money to go do that second one and do a bigger deal that time. Uh, and so that's, that's my thought process on it. Uh, I can make money very, you know, single family, at least the way I look at it, single family, you make the money when you buy. Multifamily, you make it on that sale or that refinance in a couple of years. So I can I can shift them the uh, the profit, if you will, forward in single family that I can't shift it as much in multifamily. So what what size of a deal are you, do you think you'd be looking for for your first property? Is it maybe 50 units, 100 units? Where, where do you think uh, you might be? Yeah, 50, 50 to 60 units. It's large enough. You can you can afford to, in my mind, do it right and do professional, you know, professional manager, professional management company. Um, because I personally, I, at least for me, I think no matter how much learning, no matter how much experience I try to gather, I am not going to be able to do, I personally will not be able to do as good of a job managing the day-to-day running of that asset as a professional manager, professional management company on. And you understand, I grew, when I was growing up, my mother managed apartment complexes. So I've been around that 
my whole life, but I wasn't, you know, I was around it. I saw it, that kind of thing, but I didn't live it uh, like a professional manager does. And so that is a minimum size. You can do that on, you know, so say 50, 60, the first one, 100, 120 or so, the second one. Then you step up to 100 units and, and kind of go from there. Yeah, I think uh, you've got a great plan. I think you've got a great vision, and I think you're going to get some outstanding results because if, if past performance is any indication of where you're going, the opportunities are endless for you, Robert. I want to thank you for being on today's show. I think people learned a lot from you, and you can do the same. Go to lifestylesunlimited.com, sign up for a free workshop, and let's get you going. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.